Welcome back to YouTube with the boys. So we have a fantastic episode on YouTube being public enemy number one. Now I realize that when you call someone a racist, that's a very, very serious accusation. How can we be sure that they take a black person's video and a white person's video and it can be the same exact video and they restrict the black person's video, but not the white person's video. So, yes, we've had a lot of drama on the platform this week. So it all started seven days ago with Corey Kenshin, a popular YouTuber with 14.3 million subscribers. Well, I watched an Elden Ring video once, but I'm not an avid fan of him. I think he's funny, though. Well, he posted a video called YouTube, Racism and Favoritism. In this video, he details how he posted um, a video on a game called The Mortuary Assistant. And in that game, there is some a scene with um, self-harm. So what happened is his video got age-restricted. And um, when you get age-restricted, I don't think you make uh, any money in the video, or you make less money, but it also the video is pushed to less people. Because YouTube makes videos of the money with ads, so they're going to push the videos without ads to less people is the way I understand it works. Maybe I'm incorrect. But basically, yeah, he got, like, um, age-restricted, I think. So then he goes, and he um, tries to see, you know, okay, I feel like a lot of other people have played the Mortuary Assistant. Um, let me go check. And he happens to check um, Markiplier's channel, as well as, like, like Jacksepticeye at the time. And both of theirs were not age-restricted. It's the same content, right? So he goes, okay, you know. Why is this age-restricted? And he, uh, you know, appeals and he talks to his YouTube rep, some of the bigger YouTubers, of like a specific contact at YouTube that can talk to during these things. And he goes, hey, you know, um, what's going on? And then his YouTube rep is like, you know, I'm not in the policy department or anything, so I can't exactly say why it's age-restricted. But I think it's probably because of like the, the self-harm thing that's included. So then Corey Kenshin goes, okay, you know. Um, and he goes, okay, and then he, um, you know, surfing YouTube again, goes to Markiplier's Mortuary Assistant video, and it also has the same self-harm thing, so he takes this video, and he's like, you know, you know, Markiplier has it, same part, you know, same th part that got mine age restricted, and his is not, um, what's up with that, you know, any way to fix that? Um, that doesn't seem right, and he sends that to YouTube, and YouTube is like, oh, no, you know, this is so wrong. We're going to un-age-restrict your video now. Now, Corey got kind of angry at this because in his mind, he's like, well, the solution, you know, shouldn't have been un-age-restrict mine. You shouldn't, you know, do that. It should be, well, well, uh, we should age-restrict Marks if this is really so harmful that we have to age-restrict you. Awesome. Look, Corey, they took the age restriction off. I said, Why? I expected them to triple down and give Markiplier an age restriction too. But they looked at Mark's video and they used that to verify my innocence. So we sent a strongly worded email um, to YouTube and then they came back with age restricting both of them again. So Corey's video was age restricted, unage restricted, and age restricted again. Which kind of just shows YouTube being very... um. Just inconsistent with the way they're handling things. And 
basically Corey's point was either they're kind of racist in the way that, you know, his videos, he brought up this larger point of he feels like he, whenever he's on the up and up, um, his videos kind of are demonetized from like six months ago. And when he's not doing anything, his videos from six months ago aren't affected, but only when he's on the rise, do they find a way to kind of hamper his channel. I mean, I'm not on YouTube like nine months out of the year. Nothing ever happens until I come back and I start uploading again and I'm getting my numbers, they're climbing, they're exploding, I'm number one trending, and then they're like, hey, we need to stop him. We need to, hey, this black man, he's getting too many views, he's, he's getting too much exposure, too much activity. Or they're playing favoritism where Markiplier has some type of algorithm that just kind of lets him not be age-restricted as much or get away with more content, which wouldn't be fair. So that was his point. And this kind of created a chain of events. Jacksepticeye, who I think is kind of close with Corey, or at the very least enjoys his content, then posted a video. Um, he posted a video called YouTube has some serious issues that has 4.5 million views, in which he kind of listed some issues he had with YouTube, including the issues of like the reporting and the favoritism, kind of commenting on Corey's stuff. He was also commenting on like the issues that mass reporting could possibly cause, like, um, if someone, like, mass reports a channel, that, like, it could probably be banned without, like, any human intervention, and he has all his issues with that. And he's also sent, he's experienced the same favoritism stuff, um, with his girlfriend, Evelyn. So, you know, it's not only a situation that's isolated at court. Is that users can flag videos, and if you get mass reported for something, I think then YouTube pays attention to it and does something about it. And a, a recent example of this was that the Corridor Digital people got their channel hacked and they got mass reported by people watching the video to be like, hey, your channel's hacked or we want this taken down or something like that. And then their whole channel was removed from YouTube. So it, it made me think, what happens if you're not hacked and people report you en masse like that as well? And Ludwig, of course, I copy a lot of what he does. He posted a video about it, I believe, on Mogul Mail as well, in which he kind of went over the same thing about how YouTube is having some problems, and he um, brings up the point that when he was in his conversation with Susan, he also brought up how, you know, when women wear just kind of normal clothing, they could technically be um, considered more revealing, um, that they get age-restricted, but it's just normal clothing, and a man talking about the same topic wearing his normal clothing won't, which seems like, you know, kind of a problem. And he brought it up to Susan, and I don't know, it didn't really get anywhere, honestly. I called out Susan for something kind of similar when I had the, uh, the interview with her. I said this. In dresses that are more showing, it is probably just built-in sexism. Because maybe they just see girls dressed, you know, as mm -hmm. girls do in dresses that are... This is me asking her if her employees who do content moderation are sexist because the Yard podcast, the podcast that I run, has n almost never been demonetized except for one episode we smoked weed. But my girlfriend's podcast, Wine About It, that has similar themes, similar uh, topics they talk about, gets demonetized almost every time. And then, you know, Moist Critical also has made... Uh, uh, couple of videos on this kind of you know on the whole situation talking about it and if there's anybody I strive to be like on YouTube it's Moist Critical because you know he's just I feel like he's the best YouTuber in like the sense of which he gives news all the time and talks on drama but he's in such like an impartial place that no one really has a problem with him at least from my experience 
Um, but he talked about it too, because then something that came out after it um, was Markiplier um, did this video kind of poking fun at the whole situation called um, the Try Not to Get Age Restricted Challenge. So to kind of poke fun at the whole situation and kind of, you know, encourage the bee's nest that is YouTube, um, he posted a video that he recorded a few months ago, as I understand. Uh, that's what Jack said. And the video recorded a few months ago was kind of like, it was this crazy game where you technically, like, are massaging people, and it's just not the most family-friendly content. But he used this context to post that video and the sort of trend where Jack posted a video that he was trying to post, but it was also kind of, you know, risky, and they started to try not to get age-restricted challenge, trying to kind of kick the bee's nest. And I, apparently, I don't know if YouTube was too happy, but kind of the moral of the story is they are putting pressure on YouTube. But the drama continued even further. Yes, there was a lot of drama because um, YouTube was doing this event called um, Game On, I believe. Yes, um, YouTube was doing uh, like a, this thing called Game On where it was like this interactive stream type thing where they had like a bunch of stuff you could do with it. I don't know, really know, I don't watch it. But a bunch of gaming creators were asked to make portions in more in this game thing. Yeah, so they did that and Markiplier was supposed to be in it. Um, he was advertised in it and like the thumbnail and everything. He posted that he's like, hey, you know, tune in, I'm going to be in this. I worked hard on this project, and then YouTube even, like, retweeted and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, watch the stream. Well, turns out, Markiplier was not in the video. Yep, was not in the video. They cut him out, um, and a lot of people had the theory um, that, like, oh, they must have cut him out because he did the Try Not to Get Age-Restricted Challenge. Um, it was later confirmed that they did not do that. Markiplier confirmed it, and Jacksepticeye confirmed it. But the thing was, they basically cut him out without giving him any warning. But not only did they not give him any warning, the marketing people must have not have known. And then um, also, like, the Twitter people, because he was in the thumbnail, and they, like, retweeted him saying he was in it. And he was cut out. And so then Jack Skeptikai posted another video kind of posting the YouTube issues get worse. Uh, like, 1.7 million views only eight hours ago, in which he just kind of discussed... Um, yeah, like, there is no communication. It was evident from this Markiplier situation. There's a whole mess of, like, uh, hierarchy and communication and everything going on in that chain of command that just doesn't make any sense. And it seems like that's the problem at YouTube in general, is that the policy team don't talk to the marketing team, don't talk to the the reps. Like, there's so many different departments going on because it's a massive machine of a industry that they're doing. And I get that as well, but there needs to be more communication on their end so then we get better communication. If at the source you're not talking to each other, how the hell are we supposed to know what the hell is going on? And he wants to make sure that, like, he thinks there's a lot of, you know, issues with YouTube. And I think that sometimes on, you know, our end, that, like, issues with YouTube are like, oh, my algorithm's annoying. But for these people, it is their livelihoods. Obviously, Jacksepticeye and Markiplier are doing well enough, but if you really relied on this and people were getting favorited and your content was getting age-restricted and you weren't making money, that would suck. And people were getting favorited and are the people who are, can afford to be probably age-restricted the most as they already have a good income. Um, that's what I would probably say. Um, 
but yeah, these issues are kind of prevalent, and I don't know. The thing about YouTube that's tough is there's no, like, competitor. It's not like with streaming, where you can kind of threaten to go from Twitch to YouTube or YouTube to Twitch. YouTube is, like, the only content from really posting, like, <laughs> the only platform really posting, like, video content that's, like, it has a monopoly on it. Let's be honest here. And, yeah, you kind of have to live with it, so we got to hope they get better. Um, it's a huge organization, and a lack of communication like this doesn't do our creators well. And I think, at least I hope we're in a space, all of us now as fans and everything, that we can um, be like, yeah, we want the creators to make money. We want them to have a good experience. We want them to make the bag. And that's kind of all the situation on that, you know. As for my take, I would hope that no one was racist or the algorithm was racist and I would hope there's no favoritism but it, you know there's obviously a problem with how this is working out and they need to fix it I think the number one you know solution as Jack Septico is saying I'm gonna kind of copy his take pretty directly is that they need to may have more communication it seems that you know everything seems hard obviously it's a huge organization but if partner managers and policy team they don't really know what's going on it like no one truly knows the algorithm or knows why things are being flagged and they constantly have to manually undo the flag. It just doesn't make sense at the end of the day. And they kind of they think need to streamline it more and I think give creators more of a say because obviously YouTube is a business, but these YouTube would be nowhere without these creators. Yeah. Um, and there was other drama um, with 100 Thieves. So um, the mob was a former kind of group um within 100 Thieves that got, like, kind of kind of booted off, disbanded um, after some problems. Uh, just didn't work out. But Frosty, a member of the mob, um, and I like all the members of the mob, posted something. Um, I think, by the way, I think it's uh, Frosty, um, Classy, Av Avalanche, and Mako are the members of the mob. And he posted something, went on this Twitter rant about how, you know, Nadeshot did not do enough for them. That, you know, he made them move to Los Angeles, took all their sponsor money, made them pay rent, didn't give them any money for content, and all of that. Um, Nate Shot then got on the stream responding, and Frosty then got on the stream calling Nate Shot a liar. Nate Shot was saying, hey, you didn't work hard enough. And Why it is that it panned out the way that it did. But if, if, if you really want to go look at stats, and you really want to look at the work that was done, while we're bringing these deals in, while we're paying these salaries, and while we're supporting them as much as we can with the employees that we have, the resources that we've created for ourselves, and the platform that we, you know, we have built along with our community, th that mentality that we had back in the day where you eat what you kill, they, they, they weren't uploading. And... You know, we, you know, six months into this, this relationship, a lot of our staff who haven't come from, you know, the world of content and esports and these, the organizations that I've seen and go and were a part of back in the day, they were frustrated. They want, they, they, they wanted to move away from the mob after the first year. And they were talking about it six months before the rest of the time of this. And Frosty was going, saying he lied every time with everything he said. And yeah, it was big drama. A lot of people came to Nature's aid and defended him as like um, a really good person. But um, yeah, that happened. 
But, you know, Moist Critical made a video on that as well, talking kind of specifically about, you know, how Nadeshot did confirm that they did take 85% of sponsorships at some point, like um, the revenue generated from sponsorships. And their, you know, opinion was they were bringing these sponsorships to the mob, so yeah, they should have a big cut, but that does seem like an overly generous amount. Um, Moist Critical was bringing up the point that it's kind of a weird, you know, predatory nature that's within the esports business because it's just a lot of young kids signing contracts where they don't really know what's going on and things seem normal people tell them yeah that's the industry standard so they do it and it may be the industry standard but moist critical is bringing up the point that it's not right and there was also some really interesting drama it seems that for the most part nature was in the right he said you just gotta work but the moral of that story is some industry standards have to change i'm gonna keep it short i'm gonna keep it sweet thank you for listening this week see you next time